Hello, darlings. Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies. And thank you for checking in to the Horror Motel. I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Alison G. Smith. Hi, Alison. Hello, Ms. Galore. I am so excited to be here with you in the Horror Motel for our first time. Yes. So we've just taken over the motel. And we're bringing to our gentle listeners some of our favorite campy, cult, kitschy, sometimes horror movies. We're not the full hog here. We're just interested in the, <laughs> the fun ones. The fun ones. Which <laughs> I, some I know, some you know. We're going to be bringing each week a different movie to the motel, rating it, seeing where we want to put it in the motel, if it deserves to be private place or in the basement. Darling. Anyway, Happy New Year, Alison. How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, 2023. Let's hope that this is not a horror movie about to happen ahead of us. Let's hope that 2023 oh, is the year yes. that we've all wished for for the last few. Let's be honest. Did you have a nice... Did you have a nice 22? I, I did. Mine was... So my 22 was quite a roller coaster. I have to say. I, I went from being extreme taking on too much i think for the first half of it i was trying to do some family stuff which was very stressful at the same time probably attaching myself to a, a tv show which um i thought was going to be um a one day filming and they'd show us for 10 seconds which was britain's got talent with the supergroup dame nation um uh, pantomime dame group which i thought well, we thought would be oh that'd be nice day out you know it's amazing what i will do if some pretty boy asks me nicely and <laughs> 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 just saying that you know i don't know uh, but uh and i thought it would just be a fun day and there's a really lovely group of people but it because we did so well and it kind of escalated very quickly uh we had it was a bigger much bigger commitment than i thought it was going to be so what I thought was going to be very simple took a lot longer. and But I would have missed it for the world. I had the best time. Uh, not everybody has probably maybe a great experience with that TV show. I did. They treated us extremely well and we had an absolute ball. It was mad. Because when else, I, I guess, when else in my life would I get chance to do a number on live TV? Live TV on, on a major channel. I, that would really happen to me. So um, I've done a lot of things, a lot of crazy things on TV, but maybe not that. So I was like, yeah, of course, yes. But trying to sell a, a house at the same time as that, I was trying to do a West End show at the same time, was possibly, and doing everything with Bunny Galore, uh, possibly wasn't the uh, most calming <laughs> the 2022. Well, no regrets. I, I regret nothing. How was yours, Alison? No. It was good, my 22. I mean, it's... It was busy. It was a blur. It was gigs, as I am a stand-up comedian, uh, and uh, so nothing but gigs, 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 gigs. Uh, and you were fabulous and, as well. Uh, I got yeah. to see you for the first time a few weeks ago before Michaelmas. That was, was so fun. Amazing. Yeah. You were incredible, my darling. Ah, oh, I particularly loved the Vietnamese food that we had before Ooh, the show. That's what I remember more than yes, anything. Yummy. Yeah, because I uh, I do I do like me some food. That is the thing. That's why holidays killed me because uh, I ate my weight in cheese. Oh, I don't know if anyone else is a cheese lover, too. but uh, oh, I loved, oh my love cheese. What is it about this time of year? I just want a cheese board and every show. Do you now want some cheese? Do you go, oh, this isn't going to be very telling. Um, do you do you like yeah. a soft cheese? 
Do you like a hard cheese? Do you like a like mm. a, a ripe cheese? What would you like? I like a variety, but my all-time favorite uh, cheese that I always like to pass on, a little tidbit of information, everyone, it is called a charcoal cheddar. It is a black cheese. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it is the most mature, soft. I mean, it is a melting cheese in your mouth. It is, to me, the best cheese I have ever had in my... Charcoal cheddar, charcoal everyone. Cheddar. You will not... You will not be disappointed. Oh. That's my all-time favorite cheese. Yeah. Well, I feel really boring. That. Yeah. It's just a really... Well, I like a soft jack of brie or anything soft, really. I do love a cheddar. Uh, charcoal cheddar. I'm going to look that up. That sounds amazing. You will love oh, it. Wait, you get it? A special shop? I mean, is it like a Borough Market type of cheese? Is it one of those ones? Yeah, you could do that. I also just uh, often Google uh, charcoal <laughs> cheddar because there are a variety of people um, that uh, that sell it. I'm not particular about any uh, distributor. I find all the charcoal cheddars to be quite delicious. So big fan of that. Who knew that I was going to start off the year talking about cheese, everyone? I had not anticipated being a, a, a virtual cheesemonger. But that's what's happening right now is I'm I'm selling cheese, which is apropos uh, considering some of the movies I'm about to suggest in this coming year to people. Let Cheese is the theme, everyone. Yes. Yes, I think cheese is a really good metaphor for this podcast. And for us, I think for me anyway. I think so. I'm pretty juicy. I'm pretty juicy. My taste in everything, in taste in, uh, in hair, in, in clothes, in men. Uh, it's, yes, I definitely am. <laughs> I love that. I was I was going to try and like be like, what? <laughs> The type of cheese determines the type of man you, you <laughs> like. Do you like it? Do you like a hard one? Do you like a soft one? Uh, Do you uh, like a uh, you know? Is that a cheese. <laughs> ah, sad eyes. You like a sad iced cheese. Ah, yes, I think I love it. <laughs> oh, oh, just <laughs> terrifying. But <laughs> I feel very seen. Oh my goodness. Well. Enough about cheese, although I could go on about it forever because it is one of my great passions. But like I mentioned before, uh, I guess we are going to continue on with a bit of cheese talk because as we are in our brand new motel, which I am delighted about, we'll be bringing various movies of various cheese qualities here and checking them into the various rooms that we have throughout the hotel, which we have not fully gone through yet. And I don't know if I want to go through each room with a blue light. I don't know about you, but we don't need to know well, the know dirtiness. If you put a blue light anywhere, probably not this room I'm in right now, for starters. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. So we do we do have various rooms throughout the hotel. Um, our top one's the Honeymoon Suite. We 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 love the Honeymoon Suite. Uh and as we bring the movies to the hotel, uh, we will be checking them into rooms. They, they're our guests. They're our guests. And I would say the honeymoon suite is probably our top top room, shall we say? Yes, yeah. that's top tier. That is uh, grade A movies. Not that we're probably going to be talking about many of those. <laughs> but <laughs> potentially, that's the top tier. And then our bottom tier, what? The basement? The basement. I think the furnace <laughs> in the basement, uh, to be burnt... Like they did with the 1960s Doctor Who episodes, burn it in the basement. And not that the Doctor Who episodes should have been burned, but uh, that's where we're going to send the really bad movies, which we, which by the way, doesn't mean it's not a good bad movie. It means it's a bad, bad movie. I'm talking Sharon Stone, Dustin Hoffman in Sphere in the basement. Burn it now. Destroy every copy. Give me the negative. Destroy it now. Excellent. I'm, I'm talking, you know what I would put in that, in that basement? Uh, 
the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, which don't even get me started on that. I was furious when they remade it. So that, in the basement, burn it. Burn it. Burn that Freddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's so bad. I've not even seen it. Uh, That's my uh, confession. Oh, don't bother. Yeah. Don't bother. I'll just get upset. I'll just get upset and end up setting the hotel on fire if we talk too much about it. But but that is more or less the gist. We're going to take our movies and we're going to place them in the appropriate hotel rooms. And I mean, we've all been in motels. We've got a pool outside. It doesn't have water in it yet, but we've got a pool outside in this motel. Yeah. Probably a lot of uh, DNA evidence there as well uh, from several murders. Um <laughs> But yes, and it's, you know, sometimes it gets the sunshine you know, just over the trees and over the wall. You get a, a patch of sunshine that comes through. Uh, we have the reception here where we are now, which uh, it's I a lot of paper on the walls, full mica glistening and uh, a few <laughs> scary things in the corners. And I'm not talking about bunny galore. <laughs> Uh, we have, uh, yeah, as we check in, we've got our keys. We've got various keys. I mean, I myself, I've never worked in a motel before. This is my first time, but I'm very excited uh, to be I did in work in a hotel uh, back in the late 1980s before I went away to drama school and after leaving school. And yeah, I did. I actually, it, 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 I have to say, <laughs> weirdly, it was opposite where I went to school, at a junior school, which was a big, I went to a very posh junior school, not so posh, secondary school, but the, it was a big manor house. The, um, the, um, I mean, now it felt like Hogwarts then, but now it's probably just a, a big house. Um, and the, the, and it, it wasn't called a motel, but it pretty much was because it was by the wine stores. Now that's a sign of class, isn't it? If, if your hotel yes. is built on top, of a wine store supermarket <laughs> and it, it had very motel energy so i think that's probably why i've always loved it um i discovered crossroads motel very late as well so it was um it's very that vibe so i think it's i, I i'm really happy that we've taken over this motel Addison. i think it's going to be glorious i love it and you know what i love too about a motel our motel as well this is a you can just park your car right outside your door, everyone. You can keep your eye on that car all night. So I might be putting some movies in the parking lot, for Christ's sake. I don't know. They might not even make it in the hotel as time goes on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, we should have a right to veto a movie, and it stays in the car. Yeah, <laughs> leaving that one in the car. That's in the car, everyone. I'm not letting it in. Uh, uh, Avatar. Avatar. I'd leave in the car park. Uh, I'm the, I'm probably, Ooh, that's yeah, controversial. I hated that movie. Um, and I'm the probably the least excited about the the sequel. I mean, a spectacle by all means, but it doesn't mean it has heart or charisma. No, not like us. We're all heart and all charisma. And we're delighted to have you in our motel as we begin to discuss some of our favorite movies. Amazing. So shall we talk about the first car to arrived with our film in the in our new motel. Well, Alison... Please do. Now, I'm I'm excited because this is... Sorry, I jumped on you. I jumped on you. Weekly, we're going to take turns checking movies in. And this week yes. is Bunny's week. So this week is my turn. I can't wait to find out what Alison's is next week. But uh, tonight, my darlings, well, I'm bringing to you one of the greatest movies of all time and one of my favorites. 
I have hosted this movie on TV uh, thick four times. It was my very first Halloween special in 2012, and it was my latest Halloween special because I'm running out of films uh, in 2022 <laughs> last year at Hall- on Halloween night itself. Uh, it is uh, possibly the most famous public domain movie because uh, they unfortunately changed the title before it got aired. So not unfortunately, not many of the cast and crew got money from it, but it's been given as a gift to all of us uh, to, to celebrate. And it's been shown thousands of times on TV. It has been released on video and DVD and Blu-ray millions of times. And it is George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Da, 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 da. And you have to say it like that. Was it the trailer? And it's like, Night da, 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 of the Living Dead. Welcome to a night of total terror. Uh, I love it. So it's a very iconic movie from 1968. Uh, It's uh, probably best described as the original zombie movie. Even though in the film, they don't call them zombies, they call them ghouls. Uh, Zombie at that point in commonplace lexicon was a um, more black magic, uh, voodoo type of thing. Uh, so, uh, like White Zombie, uh, which is a Bella Lugosi movie from the 30s. Uh, and uh, I think probably up to that point, they were just the concept of the living dead eating and must have just apparated around that time. Uh, so, what's quite cool, though, is they don't speak in this movie. I always don't, I don't think it works when zombies talk. And in some movies they do, but I think it's far scarier that if it's a walking corpse, they're not going to really be cognizant, have, have reasoning. Uh, so, uh, they, they are, it's the original zombie movie. Basically, we're still making the same movie now. How many years later? Uh, it must have just gone past 50, hasn't it? So, uh, 68, so it's 52, uh, 53. Uh, so it's always interesting to see how Walking Dead, whole of season two of Walking Dead is basically Night of the Living Dead. Uh, sucking a farm. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it's such a progressive movie because it, 68 is a big f- uh, year because from a, in a bad way. Martin Luther King has just been assassinated. Uh, Robert Kennedy has just been assassinated. Uh, and uh, because you have a black male lead in a movie in 1968... In a, it, it might be a low budget. It might be a grid uh, filmed movie for a hundred and fourteen thousand dollars, but it, it it's so important for those reasons. Uh, and the fact that he's it, there's no commentary on that is is wonderful. There's nothing. There's nothing in the script that refers to who he is. That it's just it's perfect. It's like the casting of. Um, Kathy Gale in the Avengers, she's written as um, as, as a male role, and they just swap the sexes. So Kathy Gale, uh, uh, and Honor Blackman as Kathy Gale, and then Diana Rigg as Emma Peel and Tara King, Linda Thorson, uh, all get to play these really strong, powerful women in in the sixties, where it wasn't the thing, you know. So it's uh, have you have you seen it before, Alison? Now, uh, I had watched, obviously, bits and pieces. I did watch uh, initially, I think, one of the remakes because there's been, look, they say over 30 remakes. Uh, We'll chat about this in a bit, but there's been over 30, but really four that they really go, okay, this is the exact remake. So I saw the 1990 Mm -hmm. version of A Night Night of the Living Dead was the first one that I saw. But then I went back and watched this. Now, I have to say, I'm not a huge, I don't watch a lot of film noir. Yes. 
But this one brought me in immediately when I started to watch. I think the black. And this white one works pulled really me in. Oh, well, doesn't it? it re, sorry to jump on you, Alice. Yes. Uh, the yeah, the black no. and white works extremely well with this because it is uh, it's quite stark. And it's quite uh, because they're using uh, 35 millimeter camera, 35 millimeter cameras, but shooting it in a very documentary style. It feels yes. kind of like a newsreel. It feels very real. It doesn't feel Hollywood. It doesn't feel produced. And even though the biggest films that year are uh, a Funny Girl, I think, and 2001, big budget musical, big budget uh, sci-fi. There's a swing towards the late 60s to these more uh, avant-garde and offbeat uh, films. And the studio system is breaking down and has gone by that point, I think, so, which is a good thing because you get a lot more experimental films. And this is a great example of an experimental film. What did you think in comparison between... I, I've just rewatched the uh, 1990 remake, which the character of Barbara becomes the... Um, the surviving female uh, in that. Obviously, she doesn't have that journey in the original. Spoilers, boys and girls. Um, <laughs> but she's quite she's she's quite really shocked and in trauma for most of the original movie, uh, which is yeah. a bit disappointing because you would like her to go on a bigger journey. But it's very real because if your um, brother has just been killed in front of you and uh, the, the film opens with her and her brother, Barbara, and Johnny at the cemetery, and then Johnny is killed more or less straight away, and we don't see him for quite a long time, she would be in shock. She would be in trauma. How did you find the difference yeah. between the two? Well, look, I, what I really liked was I think the original one, um, because, look, we have we have our, our black male lead, again, like you said in a movie, where it wasn't necessarily written in. So, again, like this is the first time it wasn't like we're looking for, there was no black male actor required. It was... He just got the job because he was the best actor. And so the female roles in this, I do think they followed a bit more of her traditional, you know, so we have Barbara in the catatonic, I can't do anything, I'm a mess yes. state. Um, then we have Judy, who tends to be devoted to the male as things goes on, right? She's like the the right-hand man. Then we have Helen, who um, I think this is a very stereotypical, I love this, she is a middle-aged woman filled with dissatisfaction, <laughs> right? So to me, it was like, all the women in this one were very stereotypical roles yes. of the time. So although it was a very progressive movie, I was like, oh, the women still are, you know, but but at least they got them all, right? They got the, I can't do anything. I'm here for you. I'm an angry woman, you know. Oh, for those... gosh, that's so true. I never thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. I do like the fact yeah, that yeah. people in the basement um, are uh, Helen and uh, Harry, isn't it, I think? Are, yeah, um, yeah. It's that's I think I don't think divorce and marriage breakup was really shown in cinema until the sixties, and if it was, it was yeah. kind of very uh, short and sharp and over, or very witty and in Noel Cowardy. Uh, so to to yeah. have that who's afraid of Ginny Wolf style of uh, sort of angst, which is very real. I I think we finally get to see in film. Not that that's the most important piece of. Of Night of the Living Dead, but it does make it quite real because really it's a cottage under siege 
storyline, which is a cottage under siege from forces outside, which Doctor Who's done a yeah. hundred times, many other horror films have done it many times. Cabin in the Woods is a great example, but then they they twist it on its head. So it's that you, you know those characters trapped, and if they only just gone on, it would. Uh, this the is problem. the thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this is what we begin to see is is the breaking up amongst the ranks. Like if they had just pulled together, um, I mean, you know, which I think is kind of the moral of the film. We'll chat about that later. But they were very at war within themselves, which I thought was was very interesting. Um, I it was interesting though because you know Barbara has more uh, get up and go in the remake, but I sometimes think if I was in a situation. I don't know if I'd be fight or flight. Like, I think I might go Barbara's way and just be like, I'm checked out. I What the hell is going yeah, on? Like, so like to be the I think it's interesting. Be, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced we would do. I don't think I'd be the fucking hero. I'd be like, this reminds me of this movie. And that's all I'd have, right? I'd be like, this is just like in Microwave Massacre when, like, I, I don't think I'd be very good. in, in So in a way, I'm like, I might be Barbara. I might be a bit more catatonic. Um, but that was one thing I noticed right away as progressive as the, as the film was as a female watching it, I was like, well, okay, we still got our stereotypical roles. Whereas in the remakes, I think they gave the ladies a bit more, uh, um, I don't know, decision. Like they were just a bit more progressive and strong, yeah, strong obviously, because one of them survived. I, you know, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. And I, uh, I oh. love the fact they turned the, uh, the blonde, uh, victim character into the lead, into the strong lead. Um, and, yeah. and all the female characters in that are just incredible. Oh, the irony, of course, with the creator not being particularly perhaps nice to ladies, but um, allegedly. Um, what, <laughs> you've just reminded me, I saw the stage show in London of Night of Living Dead live a few years ago, pre pre our own zombie apocalypse, obviously, that we had over the last few years. <laughs> You know, I really thought that was going to happen. I thought, well, maybe this is it. This is what happens. This is going to be the Night of the Living Dead uh, 2020 is going to turn into. But it, 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 thankfully, thankfully, it didn't happen. But yeah, the live show, it was really fascinating because it did at one as basically the plot of the show, of the movie. And then act two was a what if situation. So they would go, I think they did, if I get it right, I think there was three options. So it's if, they stayed down in the basement uh, and hid down there with uh, with uh, with the uh, husband and wife and the little girl. Or if they stayed up, so or they tried to make a break for it. I think it was the third one. Or hysterical. The second, well, obviously this is a comedy, so every version ends up in disaster. <laughs> but uh, it was really fascinating. The best bit was there's a revolve on stage where the seated audience members as well. And my friend, Tom Scanlon, shout out to you, Tom Scanlon, friend of the pod, uh, is um, had got us tickets uh, for that bit. And I knew we were in trouble because they gave you overalls to wear. So we were sitting there. Uh, uh, it didn't move until act two as well. So it's only suddenly went, whenever they went, but what if? And it moved. And suddenly the whole, the, you moved with the set. And it was like, oh gosh, we're in trouble. Uh. Um, and then a different scenario would come up. It was glorious for those reasons. Uh, if ever it comes back, we're going, Alison. Um, but yeah, there was much blood yes. and gore flying, and uh, yeah, we did get covered in a, in a great way, though. And um, the best bit was his partner is a massive scaredy cat, 
and I both of us, me and Tom, both enjoy taking him to. I do a um, a horror event every Halloween at Tully's Farm, which is a scare um, park, and it's the perfect person to take because you literally have to scrape him off the ceiling. So it's I love to be with a screamer when I'm at a horror event. Yeah, I love screamers in general. Um, makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Uh, I Come on, we got to get some more sexual innuendos in this. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. Now, should we let the people... Look, I'm assuming those that are listening to this have seen Night of the Living Dead. But, I mean, spoiler alert. Should we tell them... You tell them the ending. What happens? What is the big thing about this movie at the end that I think is a big lesson that this movie really yeah. yes i so Dwayne jones plays ben who is the uh the main the male lead and he's the, the last man standing and at the end of the movie of the original film he uh rescue is suddenly arrives but because he uh they see him through the window he is shot dead through the head because they presume he's one of the zombies uh which is still 50 odd years later such a shocking ending but such a delicious ending and apparently when uh the distributors took on the film to uh to distribute around the country they wanted some changes they wanted some of the gore taken out it's not that gory but i guess for 68 no and uh some yeah. of the violence taken out and they wanted a different ending they wanted him to survive which i do get uh, i do understand that sure it has been through quite a lot but I think it's such a jolt that that happens at the end of the film and really important. And apparently he, and the whole of production, but particularly he didn't want the happy ending. So they never shot it. So they luckily found a distributor that would take it out uh, to the public uh, as it was. Unfortunately, that distributor is the one that changed it from um, Night of the Flesh Eaters to Night of the Living Dead and forgot to put the copyright notice on it. So... That's why it's in the public domain. So it was, you know, our, our win, their loss, unfortunately. But um, and I think in a weird way, it has kept it into the public uh, appeal a lot more nicely living dead. And that's why the remake was made was because they weren't getting any money from the original. So they decided to remake it before anybody else did. Um, yeah. Basically. So, yeah. Isn't I Which, I mean, smart. So smart really remake your own movie get in there yeah the money but that is different than the 1990 remake were you surprised when you saw the 68 version i was because i wasn't expecting ben to and what i what i liked about it though i preferred the original ending because i think it does make a real statement right so it's like about survival uh humans coming together we see slowly that like they don't come together in the house, which leads to the demise of all of them. The constant arguing. You would like to think that when people are in a situation of that sort of thing, like I always think it's going to take something crazy to make us all come together. Right. Like aliens. And then we'll be like, oh, we have a united enemy. But in this situation, we see that does not happen and that human behavior still everyone's very selfish. They have their own idea. So to see Ben get shot at the end after surviving all of it, after being the guy who was trying to make everyone safe to see him get shot. I just think it was a real good statement at that time. And still to this day, for us to remember that, like, you know, to, as a group, we succeed individually. You know, there is no strength, no matter how good or how bad you are. That's what I really loved about this movie. Um, and for me, I mean, I think we're jaded and we're 
<laughs> We've watched so many movies over the years that I'm like, oh, fucking happy ending. I would have been disappointed. So when I saw that, I was like, that's a better ending. Yes. That is a quality ending that leaves us with a moral lesson, which is what I always think horror movies do. They leave us learning something, or at least that's the purpose of it. So I took that away from that one. That's what I loved about this. So I preferred the ending on the first one where Ben gets shot. I, I thought that was well, a great ending. My darling. It's funny, isn't yeah. it? It's uh, unhappy or slightly uh, downbeat endings. I also associate with the 1970s, like Soul and Green, Logan's Run, um, that way you kind of go, oh, they, they don't find the way home or that it's not a happy ending. And I think that's prob- it's probably a little bit ahead of its time. Uh, it's uh, it's yes. not that. yes. But on the other hand, I love a schmaltzy ending, 80s Spielberg ending too sometimes, depending on what mood I'm in, really. Sometimes you want to be uplifted, sometimes you want something quite stark. I do love the fact at the moment we seem to have gone back to uh, the downbeat ending sometimes, especially in genre stuff, so it's not always the happy ever after you get. Uh, but it's it's good to have that option, yeah. and I and I particularly think it works extremely well here. I I agree. I agree. So we're in agreement there. Yes. We both loved the ending of the original. In fact, I again not a film noir person, but I think between the two, like I would watch the original again. I mean, the nineteen nineties great. Don't get me wrong. I love a nineteen nineties film, but I just there was something about it. And again. Even the black and white, I thought, because when I sat down to watch it again, I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to I'm going to watch this. I'm getting I was in. Yeah. I was just there's something yeah, about, it. about it. I just thought it was so well done. It's incredible. And I think it's all borrowed from other shows, TV shows and films. There's something about the music, the way it's shot. I love the newsreel uh, that sort of peppers through it as well, because that makes it feel very real. When they switch the TV on or the radio on and you hit it, you get information from that. You suddenly go, oh, that really works really well because it makes you feel Oh, this is really happening. I think it's a great metaphor for 2020 and the last few years. So, Alison, I guess we should decide what room we're going to put this in. Yeah, what room would we put it in? What room would we put it in? I mean, Uh, there's so many. I would would make the case for putting it in the honeymoon suite. Uh, I mean, it's not the biggest budget movie. It's not the flashiest movie. But as part of cinema uh, over the last hundred odd years, it's uh, I think it's a very important piece. And it's a really fun piece. I've hosted this movie so many times on TV. I've seen other people host it. It is kind of DNA uh, to the point where, although I did discover it myself, I, I didn't watch this until possibly 15 years ago. I did, I hadn't grown up with it. Maybe in England we don't. Perhaps we don't kind of know it as well. But I think it's a very important part of cinema, and I think it's a great starting point because if you've seen this, you can then watch any other zombie movie. What do you think, darling? Yeah, yeah, I think it is absolute training for zombie watching. I mean, this is like on the ground training for zombie watching because again, this is our first introduction to zombies as we know them. Um, interesting fact: when you were talking about budget, because I I do have a few interesting sure. facts before just to add in before we check it into the room. It was made on one hundred fourteen thousand dollars. It was $114,000, and it has made over $30 million internationally. Wow, I didn't know that. $30 million. $30 million internationally is what that has made, which is very depressing when we think about how a lot of the actors and a lot of people involved with it never got a penny of it, and it's just out there. 
But isn't it funny how that mistake really, was this movie put on the earth for us to learn a lesson, to get along? Maybe. Maybe. That's why it's in the public domain. I'm just saying. Um, It was uh, this movie. It was also released. So we are talking about the gore factor. Now, we are so given gore nowadays. And I'm I'm not necessarily into gore or what we call torture porn or any of that kind of scary movie thing. But this movie, because it was in black and white, it was a lot easier for them to create great looking effects. So the blood didn't have to be as perfect. Uh, the uh, when they were eating like, you know, parts of humans, it was like just ve- it was really easy to cheat. But it was very shocking for that day and age because they hadn't had that much gore. And also this movie was released. I did not know this at a time where horror movies were being shown in theaters midday. Because horror movies at this time had still been considered family entertainment because they were scary movies. So this movie was shown midday. It was also shown before they had a rating system. So there was no way to warn families, don't show your children this. And in fact, when they first showed it, they said that there were children that were crying in their seats. Kids peed their pants. It was the most terrible... Could you imagine, like, As taking your kid and being like, here you... Oh, my God. I knew it yeah. was big with the teen market because... And I knew it was before the rating system because of that's why people could see it. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was being shown during, possibly during the daytime, which would have been... Yeah, that would be quite shocking. Midday. It was a nooner. It was a nooner movie. So I want you to imagine children, like, oh, my... Come on, kid. Like, school buses going to... To watch Night of the Living Dead. I just, that imagery made me laugh so hard when I found that out. I was like, wow, all right. Um, Also, it was, um, so Dwayne, where is Ben's character, which was Dwayne, Dwayne, what is his full name? I don't want, thank you, Dwayne Jones. Uh, That character was actually written, um, he was supposed to be an uneducated truck driver. Yes. So when Dwayne got the script, he basically says, no, I, you know, he just changed the script and made the character a bit more intellectual, a bit more intelligent. He was like, just because he's a truck driver does not mean that he has. So Dwayne really changed a lot about Ben's character, which, again, I really love. He wanted a strong, good black male role model. And I actually think it works better, whereas Ben had just been this like nincompoop. Yeah. It, you know, he wouldn't have been able to to pull it all together. So those those are just a few little aside facts that I learned about the movie that, you know, maybe has influenced my opinion on where I would check it into. Um, and I thought long and hard about this. But if I had to choose, I'm going to say I agree with you. Uh... I agree with you, Bunny. I believe this is a honeymoon suite film because it sets the stage for so many other films that we have. I believe it has earned its place in the honeymoon suite. We'll have to change the sheets before we check it in. Uh, But I really believe that this movie deserves a honeymoon suite more than probably a lot more of the movies we're going to be bringing to the the motel. Perhaps. That would be getting into the honeymoon suite. I have a feeling, yeah, I think we're going to be edging towards the basement pretty quickly. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, cleaning closet. The fucking broom closet is where some of these are going to go. But 
But this one, I think, is definitely honeymoon sweet worthy. I want it to to get in that heart-shaped hot tub. I want it to enjoy its time in the honeymoon suite because I think it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's it should have taught us all a lesson. We didn't learn, but we still can. The movie's out there, everyone. I say go watch it. The original Night of the Living Dead. That's good. I think we should probably wrap up now, Alison. I think that is a stunning review of Nice Living Dead. I think so. Uh, I am very excited about our brand new podcast here at the Horror Motel. We put our first movie into the honeymoon suite. That's so exciting. We've, <laughs> we've done our first job. We've checked in a movie. I, I feel good. I feel good. Um, we haven't got the rooms ready for them, which I do feel bad about, but we will. We will get them ready. Slowly but surely. Um, now, this is a classic. I mean, next week is is my week that Ooh, I get to bring yes, in. Yes, I'm movie. very excited. Yeah. Can you tease me yeah. at all? Or any choices that you might be thinking about? I've already got one in Ooh. mind. But, you know, I, as we have established, my all-time series, my favorite horror series, um, is uh, Nightmare on Elm yes. Street. So uh, I'm going to... I am going to start off with one of those, but I am not starting off with the original because that is not my favorite. That is not my favorite. We are going to go next week, and I am checking in the movie Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 3. The third, if you will. And I don't think I've seen it since it came out, so I'm really interested to revisit it. But I do remember loving it at the time, but... There's been 73 different movies since then. So uh, yeah, I yeah. can't wait to go back and rewatch that one. Ooh, that's exciting. Well, well darling. it's it's going to be a good time. Uh, we're going into a totally different genre. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, we, we've established classic today. Uh, next week, we're probably going to trash. But <laughs> hey, I've got my arguments for why it's a great movie. And I cannot wait to publicly uh, put forth my thoughts on why I love this movie so much. Well, if anybody uh, sets a new standard of horror, it was Wes Craven, wasn't it? So, and, uh, oh, I'm really excited about that one. Oh, well, darlings, don't forget to join us next time on Horror Motel, because I think it's going to be very exciting. And Alison's got the perfect movie to entice you into the next episode. Uh, from me, Buddy Galore, the queen of the cult movies, Alison... What do you have to say to the lovely people? Do you think they need to come back next week? I desperately need you to come back because I want you to learn about our favorite horror movies. And I just, I need this time with Bunny. So if you could please keep joining us so I can spend more time. Uh, that is that is what I want. That is what I need. So um, thank you for joining us for our first episode. And we cannot wait to have you join us again next week in the Horror Motel. <laughs>